Thank you for joining me today. Dan Seaborn here. Thank you for being a part of the Home Run Club. You are a select group of individuals who support us, pray for us, love us, and walk with us. As most of you know, we are in the middle of a very big renovation, about 4,200 square feet in our Zealand location, close to doubling our size to continue to assist us to reach the community and beyond. And we are so grateful. Normally this time of year we have a banquet, but we do our banquet every other year. So this is an off year. And so I just say to you, thank you for believing in us, supporting us, helping us with this project. It's a really big undertaking, about 600 grand that's going to cost us to fully renovate it. And so thank you so much for prayerfully considering supporting us through this time. And to let you know what we do, I'm simply going to let you listen to this message that focuses on our identity. In our culture and society right now, I believe there's a crisis going on. The phone here rings a lot more than it used to for teens and kids who are struggling with identity, struggling with gender thoughts, struggling with all those things that society are throwing at them. And I wanted to specifically in this message focus on what God says about us. We don't have to look long in his word to find his scriptures that point to how we identify ourselves in the name of the Lord God Almighty and that he fearfully and wonderfully made us. So this message is seeking to let all of us be reminded that we are God's kid before we're anything else. And when you figure that out, a lot of the other issues really take care of themselves. And so I pray and trust that the Lord will use this message to encourage your heart to see what it is we're trying to continue to share with community around us and the world around us. And I pray that you will be encouraged as you listen to this little message I've entitled, Who I Am. Here we go as you join me now as I shared it live. Who does God say that we are? Let's just, since it's a little more private and intimate here on Sunday evening, let me just say that this message is coming from a place in my heart where I just look at what's going on in our society, what's going on in our culture. I'm guessing even here tonight, there might be a few who would go, I don't really know who I am. I don't understand what my purpose is. And this message doesn't have a lot of frills. This message doesn't have a lot of whatever you want to call that little friddly fluff all over. It's, it's not about that. This message, I think, is one that needs to be heard by our society, heard by us as believers in Christ, those of us who claim the name of Jesus, to live like we actually believe what we know and hear from us, from the gospel about ourselves. And so for me, I just felt like the Lord said, just, just say it. And inside, you got to know, I'm going, but Lord, the people, they know about you. They've heard thousands of sermons about you. And I just keep hearing his spirit say, say my name. Say it clear. Speak it over the people. Let them hear it because it gives their heart peace. And so tonight, I'm just going to continue that. I'm going to share some things with you that relate to who you are in the Lord and what he has for you. And I'm going to just read verses. I'm going to share a couple thoughts about those verses, what I think those verses mean for us. But before I do that, I, I want to start with what we are without him. Um, I think that's what's missed in our world. Those of us who sit in this room, who sit in the morning service, those of you who are watching online, we are so privileged and blessed to know the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, I have hope tonight because of Jesus. And you have hope tonight because of Jesus. That's nothing you did on your own. You need to do. You can't do any of that. If, if he doesn't woo you, there is no wooing. I mean, only God 
can even put us in a place where we can receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing to boast about about ourselves. So all things and all glory and all praise goes to our creator. And let me pause right here for a second. Uh, I see some in the room who are 17, some who are 20, some who might not even be here by your own choice. You know, when I was growing up, uh, I went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. And that was not my choice. My mom said, you will go. And so I went. And I got to say that even sitting sometimes, I would have a little bit of resentment because on a night like this, just trust me, I wanted to go play basketball with my buddies. And mom would say, no, you're going to church. Now, now, standing here, I have an appreciation for what mom was doing. She was trying to ingrain in me what she knew was eternal. And tonight, I just want to say to you, if you've come and you have that little bit of an edge on you that goes, I really don't want to be here. I'm kind of, you know, my parents or whatever the reason is that you're here. I just, I just want to say to you, just listen to what maybe the spirit of the Lord would say during this sermon to your spirit. Just receive that. I know that most of you are here because you uh, chose, you want to be here. But for those couple, or maybe even somebody watching online, you go, eh, I'm just saying be open to what the Lord might be saying to you. Because this morning, you know, I finished the message with that little statement of stop striving. I see so many people in our world trying to figure out life. And I want to tell you, I get it. Life is life. And we got to go and live in this world. But don't you dare spend your time trying to understand who God is in your life. He is your Savior. He is your Lord. And to accept that, you already get a massive head start in dealing with what this world throws at you. I was trying to figure out if I was going to tell you this little story or not. I think I'm supposed to. I was going to reserve it, hold it, wasn't sure. So this morning I got up. I had preached, as I told you yesterday. I went on a bike ride, preached a sermon. And I got up this morning, and two of my grandkids spent the night at the house last night. So we had grandkids over last night. And when we got up this morning, I was in the bathroom getting ready, and I could hear kind of a, a conversation going on in the other room. And it was Jane with one of our grandkids. And, and I could hear some stress in the voice. You know, I could hear, hear that it wasn't necessarily the easiest conversation. So I just walked out to see what was going on. I said, uh, what's going on? Everything okay here? It's like, mm, he's struggling today. So we have a grandson who, uh, when he was one, had to have part of his leg removed. So he has a prosthetic from here down. And he was laying on the floor, and his leg has a little sore on it, so putting the little sleeve on and stuff was hurting his leg. And I, I laid down beside him, and he's crying. And I was just over, over the top of him. So he's literally laying on the ground. He's crying, and he looks up at me. He goes, Papa, I wish I didn't have this kind of leg. I would just love to have a regular leg, Papa. Why can't I have a regular leg? Now, y'all got to know any grandpa, any pa, any person would say to a little nine-year-old boy, I'd love to cut mine off and fix it. I'd take his leg and, and give him mine. But that's not his life. It's where he's at. And I said to him, I looked right at him and I said, well, I'm going to preach a sermon this morning and I better check and make sure that I understand what I'm about to preach about because I don't understand exactly everything about why you had to have your leg amputated. I mean, I know why he did, but I'm saying I don't get why that's what happened in your life, but it is where it is. And I'm going to tell you something. God has a plan in this that I can't see and I can't speak to an answer. But if you will trust the Lord, your papa believes that God has a big old plan for you with this leg. 
And I spoke that over my grandson. He came to service today. He sat in there in second service. We rode to lunch together, just me and him. And that little nine-year-old boy looked over at me on the way to lunch and said, You know, Papa, you said that sermon would help me today. And he said, It did. And he said, I think there's some bigger reason that I have my leg like this. And, and, and I said, yeah, Jackson, there is. But it doesn't mean it's easy. He goes, no, it's not easy. I want a regular leg. I want to be like my friend. But if there's a bigger reason, then I need to accept that. And I was like, you know, Lord, maybe this sermon was just for me. Because who I am is not defined by what my body looks like. Who I am is not defined by my race or nationality. The world right now is trying to split us all up. And when you're God's kid, you're part of a big old kingdom called God's kingdom. And we need to see that. And we need to care about everybody the same as we care about ourselves. And I tell you that this morning because even driving here, I was like, Lord, I'm going to have to practice what I preach. And I say to you tonight, if your situation isn't perfect, yeah, life. There are circumstances you do not control. We'll read a verse about that tonight. And I want to speak these verses of truth over you because without these verses, let me tell you what you are, a sinner in need of a savior. Here's the words that describe you before you turn your life to Christ. Helpless and hopeless. Somebody sitting in here today, you've never asked the Lord into your life. You're watching online. You haven't made a decision to follow after Jesus. And you say to me, I'm not helpless or hopeless. I will say to you at some point in your life without Jesus, you will know what that means. I have done funerals of people who did not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And I want you to know those parents of that kid, those relatives of that kid, afterwards will come up to me and say, is there any hope? That's a difficult time. And I want to say to you today, you might be fine today, but there will be a point in your life where you go, I have nothing if I don't have Jesus. All the stuff that we talked about that now and said defines who we are won't matter. Won't matter. And without him, we're helpless and hopeless. We are in control of nothing, not even our next heartbeat. I, I, I don't know if I'll live till midnight tonight. That's the Lord's call. I'm totally at his mercy. And I recognize that. And you know what's really crazy? It makes me peaceful. Because I don't have to try to figure it out. He's got it. I'm lost. I'm headed for eternal punishment. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, have I got a list of good verses to read to you. And you can see it's pretty simple. I don't know how long this sermon's going to last. If it goes for five minutes, Daniel's going to cover the rest of it. And I'm just going to read the verses and I'm going to speak them over you. No matter your age, no matter stage of life you're in, I want to speak these verses over you, and I want you to listen to what the Word of God, mm, mm, mm. I have just been falling more and more in love with this book. This is, this is truth. 
this is opinion. This is truth. Where do you spend most of your time? No, seriously. This is opinion. This is truth. I can go on here right now. In fact, I'll do it. I'll bring it up right here. I've talked to you about this before. I'll bring it up right here. I'll bring it up right now. I bring it up. And I can scroll for the rest of the night looking at stories and opinions and thoughts and half of them I agree with, like, dislike. Like. Here's where hope is. Here's where truth is. Spend more time in here. Spend more time with the Lord. Let him speak into your heart and to your soul. It's big stuff. And so tonight, I've just pulled a few verses out. And I'm going to read that verse to you. Then I'm going to tell you what I think that verse says to us as people. Like what it gives us as people on the inside. The first verse I'm reading is talking about the fact that you, when you've asked Jesus into your life, let me tell you what you are. Listen to this really. Because you know all this stuff, but just let it sink in. You are, ready, a child of God. Are you kidding me? I'm a child of the creator. Yeah, that's what the word says. Two verses that say that, Romans 8, 17. Now, if we are children, then we are his heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. And then John 1, 12, many of you know this verse. To all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become the children of God. That's what you are. Name is in the Lamb's book a lot that we talked about this morning. These are the things that says to me. So I'm going to read, I'm going to say something, read a verse, and then tell you what it means. Listen, I belong. That's, that's a good thought. I belong to God. People in this world are looking for something to belong to. Latch yourself to the God of the universe. There ain't no better place to belong than to God. And then secondly... Just says to me, you have a place. You can stop searching. You can stop fighting for a place. I hear people say a lot of this. I don't fit in. You do in the kingdom of God. You belong to him. You are in his kingdom. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to go looking, especially in all the wrong places, which is easy to do. When you don't feel like you belong, you search out a place to belong. And so often that trips us up. I say to you tonight, you belong to God and his kingdom. Find peace there. A second thing. Listen to this. Listen to what you are. Listen to this. You are a friend of Jesus. If Jesus walked in the room and stood on stage today, you could sit there in a chair and go, I'm his friend. That's a good thought. The verse that I wrote down for that is John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. We are in Jesus' club. He calls us friend. Here's the things that says to me. Um, friends bring love and warmth. My best friend growing up, this came to my mind as I was sitting out there just prepping a little bit to speak today. And I was thinking about my childhood friend, my best friend growing up. His name was Robert, Robert Lamance. Oh, my goodness. Robert and I spent 
pretty much all time together, all summer, because my mom would watch him. His mom worked, and Robert would stay at my house, and we were best of friends. And we spent all our time together. We did some rowdy stuff, and we did some good stuff. And I've been away from Robert for 35 years. You know, we move up to Michigan. We might touch in every now and then. Like, I might send a message saying, hey, is your mom? Because his mom was close to passing. And we might have touched in a couple of times, but no conversation. Nothing to talk about. I mean, nothing to really, I'm saying, we didn't, we didn't spend time talking. So I don't, for 35 years, I don't know much about Robert. My dad passed away a few months ago in October. And I flew down there to, to do the burial of my dad down in the Carolinas. And we're standing there. We just did a graveside service. Because my dad is old, 91. He didn't have a lot of friends and, uh, that were still alive. And I'm standing up by the casket and people are walking up the gravesite. So the gravesite where you had to park almost would be to the back of the, the fellowship here. And people had to walk. And all of a sudden I see this guy coming. And I said to everybody, who's that? And everybody's like, I don't know who that is. I was like, who is that coming to my dad's funeral? Because only like 20 people or so. And I, who is this guy? And all of a sudden, he got probably toward the back row there. And I went, that's my childhood friend, Robert. And I mean, like, I still get it right now. I started crying. I'm like, oh, he came. Just the warmth inside. Even right now, look, it's getting me again. Just that he would come to tell me he loves me. That's Jesus. Like, I think right now, if Jesus walked in, we'd be like, it, it's him. It's him. If you watch The Chosen, that Jesus in those videos, it's just, I just want to touch this guy. <laughs> I think of heaven after we bow down for a long time, like, can I just touch your feet? Can I just be around you? Because you, Jesus, you warm my heart. He's our friend. Somebody sitting here in your night. Again, I apologize for my stuttering words because of this facial thing I'm dealing with. But just be patient with me if you don't mind. Oh, for the, if you weren't, if you were in first service, I've been dealing with Bell's palsy. I'm healing. I'm doing good. Praise the Lord. But I still have hard time speaking sometimes. But if Jesus were to walk in the room tonight, I think we would just have a. Oh, here's my friend. I just want to be with my friend. Hey, if Robert gave me that feeling, how much more Jesus would give me that feeling? Because Robert's been a good friend. Jesus died for me. If I actually saw him face to face, I think honestly I'd freak out a little bit. Because it's like, wow. And the Bible says we will see him face to face. It's going to be wonderful. All this stuff we talk about, it's, it's really going to come alive. So what a privilege tonight that we get to say we're friends of Jesus. I speak that truth over you tonight. I say that word to you tonight. Because he's your friend. So that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to read you the things. Here's the other thing the Bible says about you. You're justified. Listen to this verse of Scripture from Romans 3.24. All are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. L listen to this. All my wrongs have been taken care of. Oh, oh my goodness. Some of you sit in the room and go, Dan, I got, I got a pile of wrongs. And Jesus said, yeah, I came to cover those. I came to forgive those. I came to wash those away. Now, here's our problem. Has anybody ever wronged you? 
Like even a person that wronged you in your past or whatever, when you see them again, they, they come up to you, hey, can I do this with you? Instantly inside you're like, mm, red flag. Uh, yeah, do you mind standing on the other side of the table, please? You wronged me once before. We have a hard time forgiving. Jesus doesn't. He forgives us. He justifies our wrongs. He wipes away that. Listen to this line. I don't have to live in the shadow of my past regret. Somebody sitting in here has got a gnarly past with some stuff in it that you don't want anyone to know. It's all good. Jesus has covered it. I'm going to say this several times tonight. I speak that over you. You need to hear it. This world, Satan, I should use the floor down there where the world wants to live because we're elevated up here with Jesus. But down there, they want to shame you. Some of you have shame in your life. And I just tell you, you need to release that to Jesus because that's your past. That's stuff you can't change. It's, it's past and you've asked the Lord to forgive you. Gone. You've been justified. It's a good word. I told you, no frills. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Here's the next thing the Word of God says about you. You have been crucified with Christ. You are no longer a slave to sin. Romans 6, 6, for we know our old self was crucified with him so that the body, the body, riddled by sin, might be done away with so that we are no longer slaves to sin. Now, I hear somebody who would listen to that and, and say, well, why do I still struggle? Right? I mean, if, if, if I'm, I'm made new and the old is gone, why do I still struggle? Because you live in a sinful world. You're around it and walking it every day. It's always there, pushing at you, pulling at you, tugging at you. We aren't in heaven yet. I think I shared this with you, but I, I, I was going down to preach in Tennessee, in Pigeon Forge. There was a revival meeting here a few months ago, and I was one of those speakers during the week, and I was on the plane flying down there. I'd been through some struggles that day, and I was just like, Lord, why do you want to use me? I am messed up. I'm broken. I have failures. I have flaws. <laughs> and I tell you what, man, I was, I was spending my listening time with the Lord on the plane, just me and him. I'm writing down things. The Lord's laying in my spirit. And one of the things he said to me was, Dan, try to remember this. I am from heaven and you are not. I am from heaven and you are not. In other words, until we get to heaven... I believe we will fight these temptations and these things that the world throws at us. I want to become more like Christ. I want to experience that crucifixion with him. I no longer want to be a slave to any sin. And it's a day-to-day -day walk to fulfill that. And I actually am going to say something pretty challenging here. For those of you who have been faith a long time, for those who've been walking with the Lord a while, maybe, maybe even you've reached a place of leadership. Sometimes, sometimes that's a dangerous place because we tend to kind of hide our stuff. We're afraid, what if somebody found this out? I'm the opposite. I say, flawed, 
weary sometimes, tired in the journey. I told you this morning, tomorrow Satan will attack my life. I know how it works. I preach on Sundays and Mondays are hard. And I tell you that it's in that moment that I learn to realize I have to be crucified with Christ. It's no longer me that lives. It's him who lives in me. And I need him every day and hour to walk faithfully. I go back for those of you who are 15 in the room tonight, 16, 17. Man, I don't know why the Lord is just more and more laid on my heart. Speak to him, Dan. Talk to him. And I know look, you look up here, <laughs> my grandkids said yesterday to me, Papa, you're really old, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I am. I am. I'm 61, little kid, 61. And, and that's part of it. But I want you to know, standing here at 61, I remember standing here right now so clearly being 17. I remember so clearly being 16, hearing some of these things and not really fully getting them or thinking things like this. I won't go through that. My life won't be like that old man's. I'd hear preachers preach and go, hey, I'd hear a sermon, a guy talk about troubles you've been through. And as a kid, I'd sit there and go, whoa, that man is messed up. That was stuff that I would think. And now standing here, I go, whoa, that man is messed up. And I say to the 17, looking at me, um, when you get this age, I hope you remember my words, without Jesus, I could not have done this. And I want to say to you today, that's why I ask you to tuck him away in your heart. That's why I'm asking you at 17, be crucified with him. It's the only way you're going to get through it and keep the faith. And I'm called to challenge you to keep the faith. I am a preacher I tell you what the word of God says. I speak it over you because I know you're going to need it. And I want to do it clearly. If you're here and you're a teenager, I simply say to you, I love you enough to tell you the truth tonight. I'm not trying to be your best friend. That's Jesus. I'm just trying to tell you the world is going to wrap its arms around you and pull and tug at you. And there's only a small window where you get to hear the gospel. Listen to it and tuck it into your heart. Be crucified with Christ so that he can live through you. The next thing you are, the Bible says you're accepted by Christ. Oh, man, you're accepted. That speaks to um, him loving me just because he loves me. You didn't have to do anything to get that. He's like, I made you. I accept you into my kingdom. You receive me. You're mine. Done. Sealed. Over. Well, don't I have to pay something? Nothing. Well, don't I have to go do? Nope. Just honor me by giving me your life. He'll take care of the rest, the purpose stuff. The Bible says in Romans 15, 7, Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to the Father. Then the Bible says you are a new creation in Christ. Um, this to me, and that's, that's 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone. I want, you to, I want you to hear this phrase because to me, when I hear that, you're a new creation in Christ. Here's what I hear. It's a breath of fresh air. It's like you go, oh. You have those days where you just need to go, I breathe that in, Lord Jesus. 
I'm a new creation because of you. I don't have to worry about being this old self. I received that. I'm going to tell you something. Um, I'm, I'm just sharing from my own thoughts right now about what I feel. I'm so tired of hearing the crazy news of this world. I'm so tired of it. I got to tell you, one of the reasons I'm preaching this sermon is because I read these verses. It's a breath of fresh air. It's a fresh wind and fresh fire that falls over my body. Because this world, I'm going to tell you, if I didn't have these verses, I think I'd give up. If I didn't have that word right there, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what people who don't have the Bible do. Where are they going for their hope? There ain't no hope online. There ain't no hope in the world's answers. And, you know, in first service this morning, I, I shared the verse. In second service, I didn't. So I'll say it here in case you didn't hear me this morning. I do not put my boasting in men. The Bible says Paul wrote. He had Cephas, Apollo, Paul, and people were fine. Well, he's the best. He's the best. And Paul said, no boasting about man. Boast only in the glory of the Father. Can I just say to you today, don't boast about any man on this earth. Don't boast and post about a man. If you want to boast and post about somebody, make sure the name Jesus is in there. And I speak that truth over you because I'm tired of Christians who are boasting about some man's going to fix this, some woman's going to fix this. They will not, and I can prove it scripturally, the only fix for our world is Jesus. Boast and post about him. That was the preacher in me. Bible says we are set free. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You know, you know what I see in our world today? People walking around, hands and feet are tied. Bound by the things of this world. We are tonight, because of Jesus, set free. I can lift my hands and praise him. The world can't stop that. The world can't stop love. The world can't stop Jesus' love. Just can't do it. They tried. You know, I, I still think about how Paul and Silas were imprisoned, how Jesus was crucified, and all they were doing was loving people. And they couldn't be stopped. You better stop. We'll kill you. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Can't be stopped. Because it's not about us. We're bringing glory to the Father. And we are set free to do that. No human change can stop that. People are walking around with balls and chains. And we're walking around free. Because Jesus set us free. I speak that over you. And I say to you, um, that's an eternal perspective. That's an up-on-the-box perspective. If you're here today, you know what I'm talking about. You step up there and you're looking at the world a different view. Because down in that stinking worldview, there ain't a lot of freedom. But there's freedom in Christ. The Bible says, this one's amazing. We are blameless before God. Wow. Blameless. Listen to the verse, Ephesians 1, 4. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. Whew. Infinity past. Did you hear the word? Infinity past. He preordained to choose us. He chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. As you yield your life to Jesus, you move into that place. 
The mystery of that points us to his infinite nature. Satan wants to drag us around, like I said, with that ball and chain. And Jesus said, no, you're blameless. But, but Lord, look, I, I've had, I, I got you. You're blameless before me. We're forgiven, Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Praise the Lord, we're forgiven. Praise the Lord, I stand up here forgiven. If you've accepted the Lord in your life, praise the Lord, you're forgiven. Online, know Jesus, you're forgiven. There's nothing like it. I've had some people on this earth that won't forgive me. I recall when I was an early youth pastor back at Central Wesleyan back in the day, I was in my 30s. And I remember um, there was a lot of the pastors on the staff who were older than me. They just had some people who literally hated them, like they hated them. Uh, the people would sometimes come to the church and just say, sit to draw. I was sitting in meetings, and I watched people say things to the pastors I worked with, the older pastors. I was just a kid, 30s. And I would watch those guys come in and speak to those pastors like they were trash, man. I, I, I left meetings, and I would go in to speak to the senior pastor, lead pastor, and just say to them, like, man, why are those people that way? Why that you, you ask them to forgive you, and they just sit there and rip you to shreds. And I remember in my early 30s thinking, I'll never have that. I won't ever have anybody that doesn't like me. And I would watch them go, oh, that's, oh, I don't like that. And then the Lord put me in this place of leadership at Winning at Home. And let me tell you something about leadership. Somebody's not going to like you. And I remember my first time that somebody just didn't like me. And I remember how much it hurt. And I asked that person to forgive me, and they said, no. And I remember walking away from that going, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't want to die and somebody not forgive me. And then the Lord just kind of said to me, you don't get to make that choice. You say I'm sorry and you walk away. But Lord, I don't, I don't, I want people to like me. And I remember the Lord saying, did they like me? Like, what if I stopped with everybody didn't like me? So, well, I got to spend more time here. How long would I have been in some of those places? And then to take that thought and move it over here. And Jesus says, but I forgive you. So Jesus, like, I'm, I'm telling you, and, and you, you ought to hold that against me because I, I forgive. But I don't deserve your forgiveness. Exactly, Dan. And I choose to give it to you. The world won't forgive you. Jesus will. That's awesome. In him we have redemption, Ephesians 1, 7, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Thank goodness we have a graceful God. Thank goodness he's willing to forgive. And tonight, sitting here, if you don't feel forgiven, that's the enemy. If you've asked Jesus to forgive you, done. Done. Bible says we were formerly in darkness and now we are in light. Ephesians 5, 8, you once were in darkness, but now you're in light of the Lord. Live as children of light. Uh, the word darkness, just, just listen to this, the word darkness has that hopeless feel to it, wandering, lost, scary. That's what I see in our world. 
I see people who, um, when I watch what they write, watch what they say, there's lost. They don't know where to turn. Look, it's, it's darkness. And once you're in the light, look at the comparison. There's a clarity. There's a foundness. There's a peace. When you're in the light, it's peaceful. And tonight, that's where you are. You have Jesus over you. You're good. Circumstances aren't perfect. You're still good. He's got you. <laughs> I've been doing this thing with people where they'll say to me, but Dan, you don't, you don't know what could happen in my life. And I will literally stop them. I did it the other day. A young lady, 26, just stressing out like crazy. I looked at her and I said, play it out. Let's play it. Well, I'm worried about this. I said, play it out. Tell me the worst possible thing that could happen. Go ahead. Well, I don't want to think about that. I want you to. Tell me your story. Tell me the worst thing that could happen in this thing you're worried about. So she sat there and she told me the worst thing. I listened. Dead face. She finished and I said, okay, good. You've gone to the worst possible place. And I looked at her and I said, is God still in control even if all that happens? Is he still God? Yeah. God's still God no matter what happens, right? Yes, it is. Then you need to stop worrying. He's got you. Nothing can happen on this earth that he can't handle. So you can go to a place of peace because you have light in your life. You're not walking in darkness. You're not getting to the end of that story and then there's no hope. There's always Jesus. And tonight, I say to somebody in this room, somebody online, you're in a tough spot. You don't like your situation. If you have Jesus, there is light dead in the middle of that story. You take the, the story I told you from my morning. If I don't have Jesus, I'm just, I'm just going to paint it out. If I don't have Jesus and my little grandkids telling me about how the leg situation is difficult, if I'm ang I get angry, I start comparing. Yeah, it's not right. You're right. Yeah, why would God allow that to happen to you? There is no God. That's the way the world goes. And I look at him and go, oh, there's a bigger purpose. It's a choice. It's a choice of seeing your circumstance as an opportunity to deepen in Jesus. And I challenge you tonight to understand you are in light now. You are not walking in darkness anymore. God has a beautiful plan he's wanting to unravel in your life. Then you are also, the Bible says, you are complete in Christ. The verse for that is Colossians 2.10, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head, every power and authority is his. When I hear the word complete, here's what I hear. I've arrived. I'm not in heaven yet, but I can already begin to experience it on this earth. I can have a peace in my spirit because I've arrived it's finished. God's got this. I have circumstances in my life right now that I don't like. I got to tell y'all, I don't worry anymore. The Lord has, has changed me. I'm a different man. You go back even 10 years ago, I could not have said that. I do not worry. I don't like it. I push through it. But I do not worry because I believe God is completing something I can't see. And everything in this world, the goal of this life, I said it this morning. The goal of this life is to become more like Jesus. So I receive whatever he has planned for me because I want to become more like him.
We're created in the image of God. That's what I shared this morning. I didn't share this verse. Genesis 1:27. God created us in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. You are here tonight because God created you with a purpose and a plan. Now I want to show you something. Not one time, not one time in this entire night of preaching these verses and talking to you have I talked about race, gender, hair growth patterns, weight, Height, finger length, intelligence quota, vision abilities, hearing abilities, my abilities. Not one time. Because Jesus doesn't base our value on that stuff. He bases our value on the fact that we are his kids made for his purpose. Stop letting this world send you in confusion about who you are. You are God's kid. You are all my brothers and sisters. I love you dearly in the kingdom of God's name. I don't care what you look like. We are in this together. We are going to fight for the kingdom of God together in humility and love. And I'm just speaking over you tonight some verses of truth that I believe God will use to encourage your spirit. You're not going to hear this in most situations. But I tell you tonight, this is the truth from the everlasting word of God Almighty. This is from his word. This is what he says. These are not my opinions. This is what God says about you. Hear it. Tuck it in your heart. Can I just say to you, I believe in the years ahead, you're going to need that. This is going to stand out stronger and stronger in the world we live in. And the people who carry this and push this and talk about this and preach about it, I'm just telling you based on what Jesus said, we will be hated. Don't be surprised. The Bible says they will hate you for my namesake. In other words, I'm just telling you, he's a loving, awesome God who wants you to follow after him. Well, you, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. And I'm going to try to do that until my days are done. Because it's what I'm here for. It's what Pastor Daniel's here for. It's what our ministry team's here for. To preach the name of Jesus. It is your hope. It is your hope. I'm done. Today, as you walk away from listening to this message, I pray your heart's encouraged. You will remember that God did design you for a purpose. Not what you've come up with what he's come up with. And when we step back and look at it from God's view, it really changes our perspective and changes things. So I trust that will happen for you in your heart and soul. Thank you again for supporting us, believing in what we do. And until next time, may the Lord keep you and bless you and your family. Thank you so much for your continued support of all of us here at Winning at Home.